This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. a.m. Friday morning. This is Mark Snyder, and it's time for Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. It's been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. We have another big show for you today. My business leaders with me are Joe Garcia, president of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce. Joe is back on our program for the third time. He appeared on one of our very first shows back in the early months of 2019. He then returned in July 2020 via Zoom when we had just come back on the air after taking a few months off as a result of the pandemic. And now Joe returns to Chamber Chatter once again to talk about the great community of Farmingdale. He's also the associate broker slash manager at Weikert Realtors Performance Homes in Farmingdale. Welcome back to the program, Joe. Thanks so much, Mark. Also with us today and on Chamber Chatter for the very first time, Barbara Ransom. She's the president of the Brookhaven Chambers of Commerce Coalition, representing, by my count, 19 chambers in the Brookhaven Township. Is that accurate, Barbara? Accurate enough, Mark. Accurate (laughs) enough. That means I'm not exactly on point. It's good. It's good. Close enough. I'm within 10%? Yes. Good. Barbara's also the Director of Operations of the Greater Port Jefferson Chamber of Commerce. And when she has a free moment, she is the owner of the Ransom Inn Bed and Breakfast in Port Jefferson. Barbara, welcome to Chamber Chatter. Thank you, Mark. Also this morning, Day Tripper. What is there to do in these communities? You're going to find out. There's also Genie in a Bottle, where we'll learn what three wishes Joe and Barbara have for their business group. And then later in the program, I'll turn the microphone over to our guests and let them talk amongst themselves. We call that segment, Ask a Leader. So let's jump right into it. Barbara, I'm gonna start with you. A little over a year ago, we had Mary Joy Pipe on our program. She's the president of the Greater Port Jefferson Chamber of Commerce. Now, I know you're the director of operations there, but for today, I wanna focus on your role as president of the Brookhaven Chambers of Commerce Coalition, which was formed 30 years ago. Happy anniversary in 1992. Thank you. Um, What was the impetus for starting the coalition? Well, I think we all understand um, about unity and um, there is uh, power in numbers. And to have that work together gives us a stronger voice in legislation, in chambers of commerce as a whole. So that was the impetus. Were you involved back then? 1992, yes. I was one of the founding members, and then I ended up being president. Wow. So where did the idea come from? Was it uh, one person saying, I think we should do this, or was it a sort of a combination of a lot of uh, people's ideas? There were a few people of focus, and then we just reached out. And 30 years later, here you are on Chamber Chatter to still talk about the coalition. That's great. Yeah, I've been president now for almost that entire time. Wow. So... So we have had uh, on our program multiple times uh, representatives from the Suffolk Alliance of Chambers. Um, Given the size of your organization, right, um, the Suffolk Alliance might almost seem um, redundant to me, right, because you're representing 19 chambers. Mm. The Suffolk Chamber is not only representing all of your 19 chambers, but all the rest in Suffolk County. Um, your thoughts on that? Is it necessary? Is there a lot of duplication there? Well, Suffolk County is a very large area, and this is the third time that there was effort to, to create a Suffolk County coalition because we go so far out to Montauk. It, it's, it's, it's too vast. It, it's hard to collect everyone. I mean, when we have meetings, you know, we could have a meeting technically out in Montauk and then all the way into Smithtown. So it's, it's hard to have small t- on the smaller chambers to be able to come to these meetings. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why the Brookhaven Coalition of Chambers, it's, it's more um, concise. It's more manageable. 
Um, I know the people. I mean, the town of Brookhaven is a half a million people. We go, we're one of the few townships that go across the island. So shore to shore, we go from north to south, south to north, depending on your perspective. It's a large area, and um, you can get more done if you're just a little bit smaller. So do the businesses have to join their local chamber and the coalition and the Suffolk Alliance? Are they... All right, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> if um, your chamber is in good standing with my coalition, which means it's $150 membership dues, it's not a lot of money, then you have a voice with the coalition. Um, the coalition board is made up of a representative of one of those, each one of those chambers. So when we meet, we have a representative from Bellport, a representative from the Three Village Chamber, from Port Jefferson, et cetera. So then um, if you are a member in good standing with that particular chamber, then you have a voice um, with your representative. Okay. Then what about the Suffolk Alliance? Do the Suff businesses Suff have to join the Suffolk Alliance as well? Suffolk County, initially when they first started, um, they accepted my coalition as one member, entity. one entity. Um, but they soon found out that wasn't good enough. So, yes, my my home chamber, which is Port Jefferson, we um, pay a dues to the um, Suffolk County to, to be fully represented there. Okay. And Thanks. then, therefore, any of those 19 other chambers also, if they want to um, be recognized um, at the Suffolk County level, they need to join individually. Okay. Thank you for the clarity on that. I hope that people are Sometimes homework. it gets confusing. I hope they're keeping score at home. Joe, nice to see you again. You welcome, too. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Uh, when you were last on our program in July 2020, we were in the throes of the pandemic. Looking back on that uh, very dark period of time, what, what are your thoughts? What do you, what, what do you remember about that time? It's hard to look back there. You know, the, it, it, the last couple of years feel like a blur. So much has changed so often over the last couple of years that when you go back to July 2020, it's really hard to pick out which which parts were at what point in 2020. But um, Facebook memories happen to help remind you. And and by July of 2020, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see say we were advocating for opening up a lot more. We were begging to get our our members able to back, you know, get back to business, start doing what we do well. There was certainly a market by then, and we had members who wanted to fulfill the market. And the local representatives seemed to understand that a lot better than the state. And uh, that that's my takeaway from June of 2020 into July of 2020 was just that understanding at the grassroots level where the pandemic was going and how we were going to live with it. And I think a lot of those lessons from July of 2020 uh, have been utilized all the way up until today. Yeah, the thing I remember about that those early shows was that everybody was trying to navigate the waters, and we were all optimistic that this was going to blow by quickly. And you know, oh well, hopefully, you know, August we're ready to get back, and then we're going to have our parade in the fall. And and we didn't realize that it was going to take a lot longer to get through this. But we didn't even have uh, vaccinations in July 20. We didn't Correct. know what was going on. You know, and there was a there was a lot of questions. It was a confusing time, and uh, I think that's part of why it's hard to really remember back then, because every it was it was it, I called it whack a mole. You were just trying to fix this problem, then that problem, then that problem, and you hoped at the end somehow things worked out. Um, how do you think Farmingdale weathered those times? Farmingdale's been great. Uh, early early in those uh, in those months, maybe July, you started hearing. Uh, a lot about businesses that were having a lot of trouble, were at risk of closing. Luckily, through grants and mostly loans, uh, we didn't lose very many businesses. Um, we never saw lots of vacancies all of a sudden. And, in fact, the one or two that might have popped up were quickly, uh, you know, rented. And, and right around that time, we moved our office into a business, into a location that the business had uh, not been able to make it. So onto Main Street. So the very few spaces that became available quickly were filled. And Farmingdale, if, if you ask most people right now, we've come to the, through the other side and, and we're in really good shape. Yeah, great town. We're going to talk more about, about Farmingdale shortly. Um, any specific story you can relate, uh, a story of survival uh, from that time? Anything come to mind? 
You know, I, I uh, again, sometimes it's just hard to really parcel uh, the you know the last two years into into pieces. But I can think of the diner that you know was doing the to go and switched his business a hundred percent to to go. Uh, us as a chamber, we we saw a need to get back to having meetings. So around that time, we started doing our tailgate meetings uh, a little bit earlier, where we'd meet in a parking lot and everybody'd open up their trunks, sit in, you know in the parking lot, yell across the parking lot. So this is what's working for my right. business, socially distant. And we right. uh, had one of the first ones at the at the Farmingdale Diner, and and we ordered you know twenty to go meals and had lunch and had a meeting. It was the closest we could get to having having our meeting. So I, a thing that I kept saying at that time was. Let's focus not on what we can't do. Let's focus on what we can do. And, you know, sometimes uh, perfect's the enemy of great. So if we could do something that's great, let's do that. And and that diner is still open. And he had opened months before the pandemic. His actual ribbon cutting was only about a month before the state shut down. So, you know, there were so many stories like that that you look back, you go, this poor business owner. Uh, you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. You think to open right before the pandemic and and put all your hopes and dreams and maybe your entire family's you know financial security into that business and then to be shut down completely. So we're happy to happy to see them still open and thriving. Wow, Barbara, following that line of thought, I'm sure uh, all of that may be a little bit of a blur to you. But what do you think of when you think back to March, April, 2020? What what are your thoughts? Survival. <laughs> Um, supporting, collaborating, um, pivoting, all of these terms. Um, businesses had to uh, re-examine their business model and uh, kind of think outside the box. If they were on the cusp of maybe doing some online marketing um, with their products or services, they really needed to push this envelope further. So um, if, if, their, if their website was weak, uh, they needed to improve it. Um, if their sales um, had to be pushed through that vehicle, then they needed to do that. You could not rely on walk-ins, per se, because people just weren't going out. And some people were very creative. And I have to say, if you didn't do this, shame on you, because this was kind of an opportunity to retweak, redefine, um, reinvent. Reinvent. Yeah, that's another good word. Um, but uh, especially with my retailers. Now, my restaurateurs, they had a lot of grant money that they could get, not so much with your retailers. So I always I always felt that they were getting a lot more help from um, government than um, the retailers, straight retailers. And people were still able to have curbside delivery um, and then just people picking up food. Um, we started a GoFundMe page um, for through our chamber where we raised, and then we had um, very nice donations by two local banks. We had about $30,000 that we were able to turn around and spin in our community where we would go out and we would purchase dinners for not-for-profits that um, the hospitals were one of the... Um, privileged people that were able to get that benefit for their employees or our soup kitchen. We were able to, because um, they shut down. I mean, one of the things that happened there is predominantly all their volunteers are seniors. Seniors mm. weren't going to be coming out and cooking in kitchens. I mean, so now we were talking about parking lots. So what we would do is we would rotate um, through, if you were a member, uh, we'd rotate to that restaurant, order 50 meals to go. That fund that we created, we would pay for those meals, and then they would be delivered um, to that location. So it was helpful. It was showing that um, the chamber was being proactive and trying to assist and get people through the, these most difficult times. I love that story. That's great. I just want to add, we had one restaurateur who I thought was very clever. Um, they're local boars. They rely on all local um, food and, and produce and so forth. They created a little um, uh, a shopping kitchen inventory marketplace where people could actually go in and buy milk and, and that sort of thing just to kind of expand on, on their takeout dinners. And they, they did well. So, again, re-looking re at your business model. Mm. Mm. Okay, listeners, so now you've met our two guests. Um, let's uh, talk about our monthly day tripper segment, all mm -hmm. right? 
This is where we take a trip around your community. Uh, Barbara, with yes. 19 chambers in your uh, coalition, obviously there's a lot to do. Yes. Tell my audience how they can spend a day in Brookhaven. It's endless. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, from north to south shore, I mean, what is um, very nice in Patchogue, that's the gateway to the Fire Island seashore. So, I mean, that's a wonderful thing. If you have a family, you can take a ferry over to the, um, the, the, the villages over there, Davis Park, and that's just a really nice family um, activity. Uh, of course, in Port Jefferson, on the other side, we also have a ferry. Um, but we have a lot of um, museums. Um, we have the Long Island Museum in Stony Brook. We have Children's Explorium in Port Jefferson. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of the chambers sponsor a lot of summer um, concert series. And so if you, you have to be organized, you have to know that, you know, you want to do one of these things. But the North and South Shore are very different in, in, in what kind of activities that they can present. So there's just, I mean, I know I, I can really speak very clearly, uh, certainly in Port Jefferson, um, where we have um, our inner coastline that can be walked, I mean, for swimming, um, also boating. Um, our party boats, our fishing party boats, and you have them on the South Shore too. But they're very popular. And having a deep um, water harbor right that empties right there, and our commercial district is right there, there's just, it's a very walkable community. And, as, and Patchogue is also a walkable community. And we also are very um, fortunate to have mass transportation. So uh, families can come from afar from New York City, they can take the train. You have um, also in Port Jefferson, we have a train station, and intermodal transportation is, is a really uh, nice way because we have the ferries. So we get a lot of day trippers that come over from Connecticut, and um, of course, always eating, always shopping. We are very fortunate. Yeah, and plenty plenty of places to eat in the township always. of Brookhaven uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, sounds like a nice place to visit, listeners. All right, we're going to take a short break, and then we're back with Genie in a Bottle. And that's where we find out what three wishes our leaders have for their business organization. We're also going to take a look back on a couple of Joe's wishes for Farming the Farmingdale Chamber that he had back in 2020 at the start of the pandemic. Let's see what was going on back then. All right, Joe. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. We're coming right back. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. Once again, Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the Maptoon Shoppers Discount app. With over 2,500 discounts island-wide, you can download the Maptoons app. That's Maptoons, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S. Or you can simply visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My business leaders with me today are Joe Garcia, president of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce, and Barbara Ransom. She's the president of the Brookhaven Chambers of Commerce Coalition. All right, let's play Genie in a Bottle. And this is where our listening audience learns about the three wishes that you have for your organization. Joe, I'm going to start with you. When you were on our program back in July 2020, very courageous of you, by the way, <laughs> we asked for your three wishes. And I'd like to review two of them. I want to see how you made out. Okay. So let's listen to the audio of the first wish, and then I'd like your comments. Well, I'd uh, number one, I'd like to see Shop Local um, really done a, on a little bit more of a regional approach. Um, I'd like to see some of the chambers kind of join up and contribute a you know matching funds, and maybe have a Shop Local campaign that that gets a little more bang for its buck. So there you go. Do you remember that wish? You know, I, uh, I, I didn't, but uh, <laughs> glad I made it up that day. <laughs> what do you think? I think we did okay. Uh, last December, so that would be December 2021, we did do a small business season campaign through the Nassau Council of Chambers, the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce, and the Town of Oyster Bay. Um, I think we laid the groundwork for that to be an annual uh, event, an annual marketing piece. Because, you know, Small Business Saturday is, is fairly well known at this point. And some of the bigger financial institutions help promote that. 
And I think for 300 and some odd days a year, it's Amazon Day. And a small business gets one stinking Saturday of an entire year. It's a crumb left over from these giant retailers these retailers and giant corporations. Meanwhile, I don't know any of them. I've never seen any of the jerseys in my neighborhood sponsored by one of those giant corporations. But I've seen lots of small business people reach into a pocket of theirs where those hundreds or thousands of dollars counted to them and lay it out for their community. So a small business day is not enough. Small business season may not be enough, but we're going to start with the month of December. We'll do that again for this year. And hopefully if, uh, if, if at my wake and funeral many, many, many years from now, if, uh, if somebody says, man, Joe came up with that cool idea for small business season here in Farmingdale, I think I did a pretty good job. What if every Saturday was small business Saturday? That, that's the point, you know. I think most consumers in my community, I think most communities are the same, would love to support small business. I don't know that we always know how. We don't give people direction on how to support small business and in some cases how to even identify what is a small business because some of our small businesses may have multiple locations and multiple employees. They may be franchises. They may be, they may, it may be a little tiny store that looks small but is, in, is part of a giant multinational corporation. So we want to give them more direction. We want to make it a more something that we remind people to do year-round. I'll start with a month for now, mm-hmm. but eventually we'll get there. Okay, good stuff. All right, here's another clip from that show. Uh, let's listen, and then we'll hear back from you. I'd really like to see some of those SBA loans converted either to uh, lower interest rates or to grants. I know uh, a lot of our members, especially our members with the most overhead, took on a lot of new debt using the SBA, and thank God it was there. It's, it's why they were able to reopen and stay open. But you know, when you hear the state and the city stay, saying they can't borrow money for operating expenses, but yet that's exactly what all of our businesses were forced to do is take a 30-year interest-bearing loan, um, you know, to, to stay open. That's, that's going to take, a, you know, 30 years of payments to make up for three months of lost revenue. So I hope there's some additional relief that comes from that. Talk to me. We got some work to do there. These loans, uh, for the most part, haven't converted into into amortizing yet. They haven't started. Businesses haven't started making the payments on that debt. They took on a lot of debt during those dark days of the pandemic when they were forced, through no, no fault of their own, to to shut down responsibly and 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 under the penalty of law. And they have these loans outstanding at three point seven five, which today now starts to sound like a, a pretty fair rate. At that time, it was kind of high, but those loans are still going to have to be paid back. And as we enter into quite possibly the beginning of a recession to start saddling these small businesses with these uh, expensive debt payments, is it's a bomb. It's a time bomb that's, that scares me, frankly. Do you anticipate any kind of loan forgiveness? I haven't heard a lot about it. Um, I think that as you see the politics of it, we're not sure where, where that'll go. And as the federal deficit becomes more of a conversation piece piece on you know nightly news and television news it's going to make it harder and harder uh, for us to make that argument that this is something that that we need to do but we'll keep fighting it and uh, maybe we'll check back in a year or two see where we made out okay maybe we'll have you back on all right so we heard two of your wishes by the way your third wish it was for good weather for the summer ahead, mm. and it was it was a good summer. Oh, I'm glad I can control the weather. I'm, I, I'm I happy think, about I that. think you got what you wanted there. All right. Um, it's two years later. You know, circumstances have changed dramatically. I'm sure you have three new wishes moving forward. What do you got? I do. So one of my wish, my first wish is for the chamber to really build a brand identity. Uh, anytime somebody hears you're the president of a chamber, the first question they ask is, what is that and what do you do? I'd like to make it a little easier for people to identify what the chamber is, which events we're actually doing, which ones we're not. I don't need all the, there's a pothole on my street phone calls anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, also just really understanding that the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce is a professional organization with a brand, and this is who we are and what we do. We all do that for our own businesses, and maybe that makes it sometimes hard to realize we need that for our, our business organization, the chamber. So we started that process, and I hope uh, 
hope by the end of the year that that we feel like that uh, that's been done. You got a plan to help to roll that out? We do. We we have our new logo, uh, which we're really excited about. We're starting to really uh, branch the the chambers, you know, marketing and our and our forward facing pieces in two different places, either to members, and the members will have one website, and then discoverfarmingdale.com being the other website, which is more pointed to consumers and working on connecting consumers to the businesses that they may be looking for. So they really are two different ways of communicating. They're two different audiences, and we need to treat them as two separate entities. Yeah, the problem lies, I think, with the term chamber. It's an old term. It's mm. antiquated. Um, I run into people all the time to think the Chamber of Commerce is a bank. Yep. And I ask them, really, where, where is it? But, you know, that goes back to when you had Commerce Bank yep. 20 years ago. But a lot of people still think, who don't know what a chamber is, believe it's a bank somewhere in town. Anyway, what do you got for number two? So I'd like to really figure out a way to, to positively connect with our members uh, kind of on the periphery, the members who don't come to the events, who renew every year, but we don't really know who they are. And uh, I think our, our way of b rebuilding our brand and, and, and refocusing our marketing may help with that. But I'd really like, and every chamber has the same the same challenge, which is you only get what you put into a chamber membership. And if you don't come to anything, no one's going to know you exist. I would like to find a way to, to help bridge the chamber and those members who, who we survive on, a lot of those members, you know, and their dues, how to, how to give them a little more value or help, the, help them see the value we can give them. Um, Dan's been my engineer, Dan Cox, for a long time. And I've probably talked about this a dozen times over the years. But um, I think the biggest issue there is making the chamber accessible to businesses that typically can't make a meeting. Why can't they make a meeting? Because most of the time, and I say most, it's a lunch every month at the same time. Well, if you're in the food business, you will never make a lunch. If it's a dinner meeting, guess what? If you're in the gymnastics business, dance school, martial arts, they'll never make a business. And I remember for a while there, Hicksville, they moved away from this. But they used to do a breakfast one month, a lunch the next month, a dinner the following month. I'm going to come to you on this. And then twice a year, the president at the time was Lionel Chitty. He would have a Saturday meeting at the library. And he said to me, Mark, I don't get a lot of people to that meeting, but they're people that I never see during the year. And there are a lot of chambers that either do a lunch week, a month in, month out, a dinner month in, month out. And if you're going to do that, there are certain people you will never see. One of the challenges is the chamber board is made up of business owners with families who are volunteering. That too. Families. I'm not available for morning meetings. I tried to join an organization that had breakfast meetings, but I got three little kids and a wife who left you know, for work very early in the morning. That just wasn't going to work for me. So when you rely on the volunteers, what works for us might not be what works for our businesses, and and you know I think that's that's my other my other genie in, the, uh, in a bottle wish is to really continue to build on new leadership in the chamber. The wider that net can be, the more of that stuff we can do, and maybe have uh, more more paid positions to, to help foster that. But it, it's it's a, it's always a challenge. It's going to be a new challenge coming out of the pandemic because. We have a lot of these home-based businesses that were created during the pandemic that are now growing up. They're toddlers now, mm -hmm. and they're looking for some ways to connect with the greater community and, and the chamber. So we have some work ahead of us. What if you, what do you have, 15 board members? About that. Yeah. What if you assigned, and let's say you have 40 chamber members that you haven't seen. They pay their dues every year. You never see them. You take those 40, and you divide them up among the 15 and say, okay, everybody take two or three. And next month, let's report back on how it went. We've, we've done that. The challenge is the gatekeepers, and I know you know a lot about gatekeepers at businesses, they think we're there to sell something, and we either can't get to the right person by phone, or even we've had uh, our membership committee show up and knock on the door and, and go in. The locations aren't always where they're staffed, or where, you know, especially now with work from home. So it's, it's, one, it's one piece of the puzzle. But it, it's not the silver bullet that you might think it would be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Barbara, let's turn to you. All right. With your coalition representing 19 chambers of commerce, I know you have a long wish list. Give me your top three. 
All righty. Well, I want to um, kind of mention, and Joe mentioned the, the, the bad word, kind of bad word, Amazon. And it's hard uh, dealing with these large box stores. And they don't contribute to our small communities. They don't contribute to our local economy. The money doesn't stay necessarily here. And uh, there is a committee right now in the works with um, through the Suffolk County Chambers of Commerce to try to create uh, a relationship with Amazon that can give money directly back into our business communities. And some of the ideas that we're throwing around is grants that they would pay out of pocket um, right out right from from Amazon and to be insistent that they join chambers. They don't even join chambers. I mean, it's it's very disheartening. Not that they they're not even involved. Um, and we thought we might even ask them to say pay for um, our our chamber members' dues for one year. They have deep pockets, and I think what we would like to do is like to ask for everything: the moon, the stars, and the sun, and and see what they come back. They seem to be receptive. Um, we're trying to work on getting a meeting with them um, again. And, and to see how they can contribute um, to our small businesses that really are uh, they're on the, the first defense um, with the consumer, not, not, not Amazon. And, and, and you don't want to become adversarial. Right. Um, we want a re- working relationship, but they need to recognize uh, small businesses are the core of our economy. So that's our big wish list. I'd like to see something come to fruition working with Amazon. Is that wish number one, or is that one, two, and three bundled into one I big don't wish? know. I have other things here, but... Um, well, what's number two? Well, number two, I think we need to have more um, collaboration um, with other business organizations. Um, in some of our chambers, there are business um, improvement districts, bids. Yep. Um, Patrick We've talked had, about them before. Patrick has one. Port Jeff has one. Um, we need to work side by side with these organizations. It's a self-imposed tax. That money, um, by legislation, by by uh, uh, law, has to, that money has to go back to um, improvements um, for your business district. And I think um, chambers need to be more proactive in going to those meetings and putting in what they really want for their um, business members. So working with your local governments, working with um, business improvement districts, I I think we need to continue that. So that's a wish list. It's a good one. That's two. Do you have a third one? Well, it's kind of benign, but, I mean, continued economic growth. I mean, it's kind of wraps around every every chamber. But I think what we need to do is to work um, a little bit more closely with our local elected officials and get their ear on things so that there are uh, stronger relationships that we can have. Well, the reason you formed the coalition. Right. Right. So that's good. All right. Thank you. Um, It's time for our second day tripper segment. And this time, Joe Garcia is going to take us for a stroll around Farmingdale. Uh, Joe, for my listeners who have never been to Farmingdale, tell me how a family of five uh, might spend a day there. I know there's a lot to do. Well, I'm a family of, uh, I'm pretty sure, five if I could do my math right. And let me tell you how I would spend my day in Farmingdale. So wake up, I'd head over to Lisa's Niece's Cafe. It's this little hidden cafe, part of a retail home goods store gift shop. Uh, Grab a couple homemade or bakery-made Pop-Tarts and a cup of coffee. Lisa's? Nieces? Elise's. Elise's. Nieces. Nieces. Right in the back of Back in Time uh, retail shop. Yes. So after my wife and I got our coffees and the kids got their Pop-Tarts, um, gonna gonna decide between Adventureland. Everybody loves Adventureland over there on 110. Got the the roller coaster, the merry go. Yeah, exactly. It's always exciting stuff going on there. Uh, maybe while we're over at Adventureland, my wife and I will grab a adult beverage then uh, and walk around the park while the kids have a good time. Then from Adventureland, we're heading over to the American Air Power Museum at Republic Airport. It's uh, a lot of old, uh, historic World War II, Korea, and Vietnam-era planes. Kids get to interact. They get in the cockpit. My kids will run around that cockpit believing they are flying the Memphis Bell. It's a great hour. Uh, From there, maybe we go to RPM Raceway. If not, heading over to Main Street, 
grabbing some dinner. A lot of great places, 317, Croxley's, Vespa, Burgerology. Maybe the Electric Dudes are playing at one of the places. Always a lot of music on Main Street. And if the kids aren't tired by then, we'll head over to Charlotte's and grab them some frozen yogurt and take the long way home so that at least one of them falls asleep in the car seat. Mm-hmm. So that's how I spend uh, a lot of my days, and, and I enjoy it. And you just scratch the surface. For sure. And if you want to go study and get your degree, you can shoot over to Farmingdale College. That's it. That's it. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Joe. Uh, When we return, we're going to ask a leader. That's where I turn off the mic. I stop asking the questions, and I let Barbara and Joe talk amongst themselves. This is 88.1 FM and WCWP.org, and this is Chamber Chatter. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. My name is Mark Snyder, and allow me to please reintroduce my business leaders here with me today. Joe Garcia, president of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce, and Barbara Ransom. She's the president of the Brookhaven Chambers of Commerce Coalition. And now it's time to ask a leader. Uh, This is where I turn off the mic and I let my guests chatter amongst themselves. Um... Joe, I'm going to start with you. Barbara is active with not one but two chamber organizations. Um, One of them is massive in size. Uh, What would you like to ask her? Be kind. All right. (laughs) Well, what event, because we all do so many different events for chambers, so which is uh, either your favorite event that you guys run and, and you're a part of running, or which event do you find is the best way to maybe uh, connect with with your members? Well, I will speak directly to that. This past weekend, our Farmingville Hills Chamber of Commerce just had a huge street fair. And even though the weather wasn't the best, though it did clear up a little bit more um, on Sunday afternoon, she had um, 175 vendors. And um, people just love to come out and walk. And she makes, I mean, I'm of the mindset that if I'm running an event, I need to make money from my chamber. Um, it's, 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 it's as simple as that. Our membership dues only can cover so much. So when we do fundraising, I can't just do it just because I want to. So this brings in a lot of money um, for her chamber, um, my representative, Marissa. And uh, they, they, they did well, and people just want to get out and walk. And they, and they get their money through the vendor fees. So it's a free event, so anyone can come to it. So that's a very good event um, for um, our chamber there. But... I don't know if that's where Joe's going. Street fairs are very common. I thought he was asking what kind of events. And most, I think you're looking for something different and unique. Yeah, so what? Well, different different and new. I'll tell you, in Port Jefferson, we have a Dragon Boat Race Festival. It's, <laughs> it's the only one in Suffolk County that I started eight years ago. And since we have a deep water harbor, um, we are very fortunate to be able to take advantage of that type of harbor. So we have a Dragon Boat Race Festival, and, it, and, it, and it's ice, ice. It's membership. It's not membership. It's registration fees for the teams. Right now, we have 26 teams that are registered, and we will run uh, races all day. It's a, it also um, creates diversity um, for um, our Asian population to come in, um, and that's a nice connection with Stony Brook University. We have two teams that are being sponsored by that. It's uniquely different, and I think sometimes you have to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do very well, and in a lot of other chambers too, with these eating crawls. And because we are focused um, in one tight area, uh, we just had one. We just had one that was. Um, we had a mac and cheese. Um, we we did one for cold, smooth, and fun. Um, Can I interrupt? What is an eating crawl? <laughs> Um, so you pay for a ticket. It's 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 driven by um, purchase of tickets, and so I have fifteen different restaurants, and people go to each one and get a tasting. So huh. it's great. So you go and you go. If you've never been to that restaurant, and then you pop in, and they give you a tasting of their their food or their menu. It's very po- they're very popular, and we've done very well with them. You familiar with that, Joe? Eating I'm crawls. I'm familiar with Eating the bar crawls. crawl. Yeah. Bar crawls I'm very familiar with. So Well, uh, we don't want bar crawls because <laughs> I have government that's saying they don't want people drunk and all that. But these eating crawls, 
are, 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 are a lot of fun. Joe's got a great town for an eating crawl. Yes, we do. Yes, wow. we do. You know, so many downtowns really are based around dining, aren't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. Uh, certainly dining and entertainment. So any anything you could do to maybe expand people's uh, knowledge of, of what the restaurants are, get them in there. It's always a great Our thing. Our last one was all about desserts. A dessert crawl. A dessert, a dessert crawl. <laughs> this is a rough conversation yeah. for my started <laughs> diet today. Yeah, yeah. All right, Barbara, your turn. Uh, right. Joe I have a question. has been leading a very successful chamber for several years now. Um, what do you got for him? I hear this, and you're going to agree, over and over again, it's the retention. How do we retain our members? We get, we always have, we talked about it earlier, about the core group. You know, you've got 75 people, 75 business people that join. But, you know, you it's an, always an ebb and flow. You lose, you get, you lose, you get. And we just had a meeting uh, with my board last week, and, you know, how do we get them to stay longer? We have a few ideas, but I'd love any fresh ideas well we we as chambers you think well we have to connect with them and help them uh, understand what their membership is help them see value in the membership and then they'll stay and that that's that's not true because <laughs> they're all gonna leave you they're gonna die they're gonna retire they're gonna leave they're gonna sell there's the only thing that's gonna stay the same about a chamber is that the membership changes but what I believe is that if we have customers going into that store, that restaurant, that service business, and saying, I met you at a chamber event, or mm -hmm. I saw you on the chamber website, uh, I saw a social media ad from the chamber, and I'm here purchasing today, then they're going to stay a member. They're not even sure how it happened or why it happened, but something's happening, and I'll send in my measly 150 bucks. So we're changing the way we talk to the residents of Farmingdale mm -hmm. and our potential customers by talking to them too often our chambers talk to our members who cares and it sounds maybe bad but they could call me and complain later i don't care mm -hmm. i want to talk to your customers and remind them why they're your customer so by you know changing our even just as simple as a web domain to discover farmingdale and and changing the way we market we're going to be hiring a reporter to do you know similarly a day tripper uh five things to do on a rainy day in farmingdale mm -hmm. and by highlighting that i think businesses will see their the value in that membership a little more. I want to be on your rainy day blog post. How mm -hmm. do I get there? Well, you're not a member, so right. that's the first way. I want to stay in the sunny day, mm -hmm. uh, hot day blog post. Well, keep sending in your membership. You'll be okay. So that's how we're going to try it. Follow up with me in a year or two. Let me know how it worked out. Yeah, not too dissimilar with what, uh, for example, Belmore does. If you're not a member, you can't be part of their street fair. Cut and dry. And people will join the chamber just so they make sure that they're included every year. Well, membership in the has benefits, yes. and that's, and I guess what, you that's have what Joe's to, getting. Membership at. has benefits, and um, you, we need to keep saying that. We do alternate. Just to go back to something earlier, we do alternate our members for morning and and evening. So oh, every your, your we, general our, meetings? yeah, every uh, so we alternate. So we try to get that different group that you don't see in the morning, and they only can come in the evening. Yeah. So that's really important. The other thing that we've done for new members is that um, I don't want them only to know me when I'm looking for money, you know, for their membership right. dues. So we have a um, new member and also potential member a soiree, where you come in. It's on me wine cheese you meet some of my board people just so we're we're also fortunate that we have a real physical place an office you do and it's historic so it's kind of interesting so that's a really good pull to get people in but someone mentioned at our board meeting that we should try to recognize businesses um anniversaries how long they've been in business maybe to show them more recognition yep but it's always challenging we bought you uh, gold ribbon. So instead of a ribbon cutting for new businesses, we have the gold ribbon for your anniversary. We'll do a wow. five-year, a 10-year, two-and-a-half-year. Uh, I think ribbon cuttings, honestly, that's why I joined our chamber we at do. first. We, I wanted a ribbon cutting. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, Very popular. I just did one last weekend, and I'm telling you, that is the only reason why they joined. But and we did a ribbon cutting. Hopefully you can find a way to get the well, value we after. We will. We will. I well, think that's what you're getting at, by the way, is that you said, yeah, you know, you had pointed out, Barbara, that you need to show value. What you're talking about, Joe, is enhancing the value, not just street fair participation, but some of these new ideas that you came up with that are also included 
for members? It, it's it's a little bit more maybe organic uh, and certainly more abstract. You know, it's not transactional. I need to join the chamber to have a ribbon cutting. That's cl- cut and dry. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, I want to be part of your marketing and make that exciting. Promise not to tell anybody, but it doesn't necessarily matter if it's even all that effective. If the business owner believes I'm being positioned in a way that, that aligns with how I want to be positioned with my business to my customers, even if it's not all that effective, that's okay um, because it's it's building that audience with your with your with your members, um, but just positioning them in a little different way. So again, um, that's that's the goal. Very good. Thank you both for being part of the Ask a Leader segment. Now, as the uh, cool spring weather starts to warm, I'm always interested to know what uh, your organizations have on the schedule that you can share with my listeners. Uh, Barbara, um, talking on a broader scale, uh, what does the coalition do? Do you do events with all 19 chambers? No. You don't? No, we do not. Um, Each chamber has their own individual events. Okay. How often do you get them together to meet, to talk about? Well, our coalition meets once a month, but we're we're off on the summer. So all nineteen. No, well, yes, there's a board meeting. Well, not all of them show up, but yes. But they, there's a but, but they could. There if is they a, yes, to, right? yes, there so is monthly. a meeting, month, monthly meeting, and then we shut down um, during the summer. We all need a break because um, it's our busy season for many of us. Mm-hmm. Actually, our dinner, our end of the year dinner, is this week. We'll have a small, in, in intimate dinner with my reps, which I recognize their volunteerism, and we kind of go through what we did this past year. And um, our signature event is that we do a, a very large, um, in, in April, um, it is a member of the year awards night. And we recognize individual chamber members from each of the chambers, and then we choose out of that small grouping of 19, say, the overall chamber member of the year for the town of Brookhaven. It's wow. a very large event. Uh, we've changed that model around now, too. No longer do we need to have a sit-down dinner. So we do rather a large cocktail party. Listen, and, it's, it's big enough so, to be the um, you know, business person of the year in your chamber, but I can imagine to be the business person of the year in the coalition yes. is quite a feather in your cap. It is. It wow. is. And wow. we also give out grants, too, for our small businesses outright. And um, that's very competitive. So that's another um, service that we provide through the coalition. Okay. Joe, Farmingdale's always rocking. What do you got going this summer? Uh, lots of ribbon cuttings, which we're always excited about. Um, Any gold ribbon ceremony? We have some gold ones coming up. You know, none, none of that stuff gets scheduled, it seems, until about two weeks before when mm-hmm. it's crunch time. But we have our multi-chamber networking event at the Bethpage Golf Course over there at the Heritage Club. Uh, live music. It's on a weeknight, I believe a Thursday night. Food, networking for our members and, and uh, members of other chambers. Open to anybody. We'll do our lunch meetings, you know, the, the general membership meetings all through the summer, which is a change. Last year was the first year we did that. Traditionally, we, we did not have July and August networking or lunch meetings. And we did it last year. Uh, we had less turnout, but the 15 to 20 members that did come, man, did they, did they, were they glad to be able to do some of that nice. networking. So we'll continue mm-hmm. all summer long. Uh, Farmingdale has their music on Maine, which we're a sponsor of. Um, which is uh, four Thursdays in the summer as well, live music right on the street. And there'll be some other events, too, that we'll, we'll be a part of as they come up. That's great. Yeah, music on Main, it's like the old days when Rosalind Village used to close the village on Thursdays for live music. It seemed like, uh, like 12 bars down in that town, and it was mm. a, quite a scene. All right, before we wrap things up, um, let's take a minute to tell our audience about what you do when you're not running your chamber or your organization. Barbara, you're a busy lady, um, actively involved in two chambers. Um, but I know that there's something else that keeps you very busy during the day. Tell us, my audience, what you do. Well, I have a bed and breakfast, if that's what you're implying. Um, but that's not really during the day. I have I work for our chamber, for Port Jefferson. So I am, I'm on salary there. But um, I run a bed and, bre- bre- bed and breakfast, and we're busy. What's the name of the bed and breakfast? Shameless plug time? All right. Ransom Inn. <laughs> Ransom Inn Bed and Breakfast. And that's in Port Jeff, right? It's in Port Jefferson, in the village of Port Jefferson, and we've been doing that for um, 25 years. You run that with your husband? I do. He's retired law enforcement and keeps him busy. Okay. Joe, you and I met in 2012 
when I was producing a map tune for the Farmingdale Chamber. Yep. Now, 10 years later, we're gearing up to do our third map tune for the Farmingdale Chamber. Uh, tell my listeners about your family real estate business. My father started the company. We franchised about five years ago to Weikert Realtors Performance Homes. We moved our office onto Main Street in Farmingdale in September 2020. Looks good, by the way. I saw Thank it. you. Thank mm. you. We're, uh, it's the best thing we ever did. It's, it's, we pay for the sign outside, and the office comes free is the way we look at it. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege and a joy to sit five feet from my brother. We share an office. Uh, we run the office together. Dad gets to spend a lot of his time with our kids and on the boat and doing some quad riding. So it's it, it's certainly a privilege to be in a family business. And for 362 days or so a year, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's always one or two days that might be a little more difficult. Okay. Special thanks to my two guests for joining me today on Chamber Chatter. Joe Garcia, president of the Farmingdale Chamber of Commerce, and Barbara Ransom. She's the president of the Brookhaven Chambers of Commerce Coalition. Special thanks to Dan Cox, who has been my engineer since the start of the pandemic. And after a long and successful run as director of broadcasting here at WCWP Radio, Dan is retiring, and this is his final show with me. So I guess this is as good a time as any to announce that this will also be the final episode of Chamber Chatter. What started out as a conversation Dan and I had at a restaurant in Rockville Center over lunch in 2018 turned into over three years of Chamber Chatter broadcasts. Dan and I first stumbled into the studios of uh, WCWP as college students 40 years ago, got involved here at, at the station, and uh, 40 years later, he invited me to come back on the air to host Chamber Chatter. It's been fun. It's been nostalgic to be back on the air at my alma mater every month for the last three and a half years. Thank you, Dan, for approaching me with the idea. Thanks to my dad, who's in the studio with me today, for coming up with the name, Chamber Chatter. My father was in the studio for my very first program in December of 2018, and he's here today with me for the last. I'm sure he's been wondering why I invited him here today. In the time Chamber Chatter has been on the air, we've produced nearly 40 uh, programs speaking to uh, leaders from over 90 chambers on Long Island. We've interviewed the heads of the Queens County Chamber, Nassau Council of Chambers, and Suffolk Alliance of Chambers. We've spoken to town supervisors, the Long Island African American Chamber, and the Long Island Advancement of Small Business. We recorded live from the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce annual Business Person of the Year breakfast. We Zoomed for months when we couldn't safely record here in the studio, and we've done so much more. Our only goal for Chamber Chatter was to promote Long Island's local business communities, and I hope on some small level we were successful. For the final time, Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. This program is also available as a podcast. Visit wcwp.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Project Independence in You is coming up next. Before I sign off for the last time, I'll leave you with these words that have become my mantra. To my listeners, always keep local business top of mind when you're making purchases or utilizing services. Yes, it's that important. Thanks for listening. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.